Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, welcome back to Out of Line. Hi, Candice. Hi. How are you tonight? Great. Good. Um, Candice, we are joined tonight by Ashley Jefferson. Once again, Ashley has um, come on a few times before. Ashley can be found at Early Childhood Enthusiast, Playpan African, Nguzo Babies. Um, Ashley's just an amazing voice in the early childhood and play-based field. Uh, Ashley, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Um, so speaking of that, we are excited to be chatting tonight. Uh, we are covering a topic that has been asked a lot about recently um, and giving just a little bit of a content warning to any listeners. We will be talking about gunplay and weapon play in um, the early childhood and elementary years and sharing kind of our insights from what we've seen of children's play, what we know of brain development, um, also taking into consideration the fact that um, we're seeing an increase of violence on the news and in the media and some really um, important conversations are starting to happen around gun violence in our country. And yeah, so that being said, gun play in early childhood, Yes, there's a lot to talk about there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Want to share with us first, kind of what you think about it, what, what you do in your center with your kids, um, that kind of stuff. Um, so, um, just to start there, we do allow for gunplay. Um, um, we definitely have, we'll even have like nerf guns there sometimes um what we generally say is we can't shoot at our friends but you can shoot at different targets mm -hmm. um so sometimes the children will use sticks as guns sometimes um they may use blocks and put them together so our parents are aware of that and um it hasn't really come up um <clears throat> but I will also say I think the type of school that we are um is a little bit different I also think uh a lot of that has to do with us understanding the history of this country. It's a country built on violence. That's no, um, um, I, I want to, I, I do want to speak to the, make sure that I'm being sensitive to what's happened um, recently in light of um, all the events with these children. Um, but as you said, I think there's been an increase in terms of the, the publication of it, but the history of this country has always been very violent, um, especially towards Black people. And I think for a lot of Black families, what we're coming to understand, um, gun violence in general is, is an uncomfortable conversation, but it's even more uncomfortable when we have plenty of, we have a history of our children dying um, with guns. And for a lot of us, it's come to a point where we said we've ha we have to learn to protect ourselves. So 
I think this is a layered conversation. I definitely understand both sides. I grew up in Massachusetts where guns were not looked at as something to be played with. It was something you stay away from. Um, but moving to the South, understanding how, you know, hunting is even part of the culture, um, but also understanding that hunting, the hunting of Black people is part of this culture as well. Mm -hmm. And I think for, like I said, I think for a lot of Black families, um, finding ways to protect themselves um, as to defend themselves, I think a lot of us are shifting how we feel about guns in general. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a it's tough conversation because no, we don't want this happening in our schools. We don't want this happening um, with anybody. But the reality is this, this country was built on violence. Um, do we want our children to see it as a toy? I, I can understand that perspective as well. Um, but I think what's also coming with it is the conversation of how guns are used, um, using them with safety. My son has taken um, shooting lessons before and we've had those conversations as well. So I do think context plays a role in it. Um, I think the conversations around it need to be had. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm always here for the conversation, but that's generally where our parents come from. So we're all on the same page with that. There's never, we've never had any backlash um, in our program about whether this is okay to do um, or not, but they've been fine with it. But we're also in the South too. Yeah. Well, and I think what we've, most of us have learned through either research or practice um, in education is zero tolerance gunplay policies don't work in the classroom or on the playground or, you know, in an early childhood environment, because uh, you don't need to have a plastic toy gun for something to become a gun, right? Any block, no. any marker, any, <laughs> it does not matter. <laughs> stick, any piece of toast can be chewed into the shape of a gun. And um, there's real uh, curiosity there, right. For kids, uh, children and, and actually all people, right. We explore our world and we learn through play and, um, we work out and we process things, big emotions, events that have happened to us experiences, um, through play. And so for kids, like you've said, our whole country has been founded on violence. So violence permeates so much of our culture and whether it's video games or movies, or even a child who, you know, has like very little access to screens, there's just a general um, curiosity around power play. And that involves weapon play, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I think culture does play a major role in it. Um, even from, from a, the collective country, but also you go to different parts of the United States and it's gonna, what, what's around you, what's happening? And like I said, being in the South, hunting is a big deal. And I'm sure if you go to other parts um, of the US, there are places where they hunt as well. Um, so in the same breath as learning to fish 
or learning, you know, to um, build, you know, build things outside, that sort of thing. That's kind of just part of it. Um, so it, I, I think, I think we have to be realistic with that is it is taking it away going to be the, the answer um, across the board, if they, especially if they grow up in that culture, I think that's a little bit hard to do. I, but that's also why I, I say, you know, we're not shooting at our friends or our people, which even that I still have to, that, you know, I still have to repeat um, myself with that. But they, I think for the most part, that's something that they've been able to redirect and, you know, they might um, shoot at a tree or whatever that may be. Um, but it can be a slippery slope all around. But I definitely think pay atten paying attention to um, what's kind of been the standard for your community and how the parents are collectively, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that plays a role in it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Whenever we put the adult gaze or lens on, it, it shifts completely because I think so many of us as adults think of guns as violent or dangerous. And that's really where we stop. Then um, we don't think about, you mentioned hunting, you know, the family member who hunts or the aunt who's in the military or, you know, actual other applications of guns are, that apply in these children's lives um, without context. And it's all relational, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Candace, were you going to say something? Um, going back to that piece about we don't shoot at our friends or people is so interesting to me because, you know, our center and Ashley, I'm thinking also your center is really centered on consent. And I know there have been times when I was like sitting at the table coloring and somebody walks up and pretends to shoot me and <laughs> it didn't feel great, you know, so yeah, um, just thinking about that and thinking about, you know, how we can have those conversations with kids about that topic as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it comes uh, again, the understanding of that it hurts people needs to be there. Shooting can hurt people. Um, and so what's your intention? I talk about intention a lot with the children. So doing something like that, where we consider our classmates, family, um, people that we love, people that we care about, is that something you want to turn to someone and do, you know? Um, it, are you, is your intent to harm them? Um, so we've had plenty of those conversations with the children as well. So I, I think that has helped, but I also know, you know, Nerf guns are fun for them. <laughs> so, you know, um, even, but like I said, even that we had a whole target board. Um, mm -hmm. So they do that, but they also do archery too sometimes. So um, it's a combination of just like, oh, it's something I get to point and shoot or it's something I get, you know, it, it's darts they love. Um, so I, I kind of look at, at, at it as that, but when we're talking about like, okay, well, we're thinking about a gun and you're turning it into that and you're trying to shoot at them. What, what, what is your tension with that? Mm. You know? Um, and sometimes it's not that deep, but I, I still have those conversations and they definitely, like I said, it doesn't really come up as much where they, they do it. Um, and if it does much how you felt like you weren't comfortable with it, Candace, um, 
the other child will will complain and then we'll have a discussion about it and then I'll say here's where you can shoot it um or whatever that whatever the case may be but yeah it's a constant conversation but as is really anything in early childhood that's just part of it um how are you connecting with the children around you how are your choices affecting other people what does that mean I definitely um I feel like it's a hard thing to avoid because I think they're just naturally interested in that. Um, so what are the ways, um, what are the ways that we can talk through it? Um, how can we be mindful of those things? I also think on the flip side of that, um, because I, I, I feel like this can happen a lot is where we're having this conversation about no guns are bad, they hurt people. And then that's it. But then you also are not talking about when, and, and this is, this is, this can be a lot, but I think it, it, it is important to say, you know, um, some form or fashion. And I, I didn't talk to my students about the recent incidents, but they're definitely aware of times where groups of people been hurt, have been hurt in this country by violence. Mm -hmm. Again, because of the program that we are, because I want them to have an accurate depiction of American history before they go off into these schools and they sugarcoat it. My children are very aware of how people can um, hurt other people in this country. In particular, again, our focus, especially is on um, black children um, or black families. Um, so that conversation also comes up. So the, the understanding of here's this gunplay and I can understand why, I, here's this gunplay. I also understand why crossing over into the quote unquote real world, even though, you know, the classroom is still the real world, but why it affects other people, why it hurts other people. Are we having those conversations and being sensitive to what's actually happening as well? Or are we just saying no guns? No guns at all. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Without the explanation, without the conversation about this is why it can hurt people. Like there has to be a follow up, regardless of whichever way you decide to go. Those conversations still need to be happening, whether you decide to allow gunplay in your space or not. Well, it's the, it's adding the humanity back to it, right? Like so often right. we don't treat children like they're fully human. We don't trust them to have these heavy conversations with us, right? And it's about finding the boundaries and the comfort zone between the adult's concerns and the child's need to play, right? So it's not saying forget your concerns. Um, I did do a little research for this episode. I don't always, but this time, you know, and there is research that shows that parents and, and adults working with children ask more and become more concerned about play in regards to violence when there's a spike in violent world events. And we've had a lot of violent world events lately. A lot of people have been asking these questions. Why is it okay? And how is it different? Um, and, and you think of any kind of children's play, you, you know, sometimes you'll be sitting in the sandbox and all of a sudden it turns into a cafe and you're served an entire cake and told to eat the whole thing. And, you know, sometimes the server becomes very pushy in the sandbox and makes you eat the whole thing really fast. And I mean, that doesn't mean you're going to go and eat a whole cake and <laughs> right. like, you know, play is a place to play. Literally it's a place to explore without 
um, judgment without um, the adult gaze, but you also need to be there to support it, right? So um, building trust whenever there's violent play is such a big piece of it. Uh, if there are children who are new to each other or new to a space or new to us as the adults working with them, we'll be standing closer in those new moments of exploring aggressive play. Um, as they get to know each other and find their boundaries will back up. Right. Like, so I know a lot of people have, like, you can play with guns, but not point at people and, or like Candace's point, like, or it has to be two people engaged in play and you can't just walk up and shoot people who aren't playing with you. Um, but explaining Mm -hmm. and taking the moment to recognize that child, that young person as a human and explaining those things, um, it's not lost on them, right? Like just because they are still going to play it or they might, you know, not slow down or still be silly in the conversation. They, they absorb what we're saying to them and they know the difference between play and real, real life. They really do. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really have much to add to that, but they, they definitely do. I've had some really, uh, now, granted, I have a way with explaining things in a way that they can understand it. But those conversations we've had, we've had some really intense ones <laughs> about things that have happened in history. And again, I, I think there it feels like there's an uptake. But I think, you know, gun violence with schools, that, that, that's been happening a lot for quite some time. That alone. Um, but again, there's been violence in this country since since it started, unfortunately. Um, so I, I, but I think the reaction to it, maybe um, the publicizing of it, um, the the coverage of it may have been a little bit different, or it was acceptable back then. Um, so it didn't maybe didn't cause as much outrage, but. Um, I, I think people have to start there. America has always been a very, very violent country. Um, and uh, I think we can, um, th- there's, there's a lot more that needs to be addressed um, with whether it's gun violence or, or, or not, just violence in general. Um, there's a lot more that needs to be addressed than in particular what's happening with play in the classrooms. Um, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it starts there. (laughs) I I think there are a lot of other spaces that we can cover, um, in thinking, I I don't, I don't think these children that are playing with guns are the reason why there's that much, um, violence happening. Mm. Ashley, do you talk to your families about, um, your policies around that before they, begin in your center well so this is um so with pan-africanism um there's uh and i i think pan-africanism is really about celebrating africans of the diaspora all over um and it can look different for a lot of um if people identify as pan-african there, it might look a little bit different depending on where you go, in particular in the United States. But when people are 
coming into this, they're understanding that they are protecting their families. They're finding ways to cultivate their families. So there's already a culture in place where these, they already get it. They pick the school that they're at because there's already kind of a, um, I don't want to say a, a doctrine, but like th there's already an understanding and in, in it because there's already kind of a philosophy in terms of this is how we want to raise our children. So when they come here, that conversation doesn't necessarily need to be had because it's already it's in the name of the program. So they kind of already know what they're getting. And again, because um, and a lot of people who opt for my school, they understand that a lot of times their children aren't necessarily safe in other programs because they are black children. So they're looking for, um, I, I, I don't like using alternative, but that's the only thing that comes to mind right now. Um, they're looking for an alternative source to be a safe space. And part of that is protecting our families. Um, so certain policies that I have, they've already been written in books by Malcolm X or Amos Wilson or all these other people, they've already been there. I just turned it into a program where we're saying, this is how we're gonna raise our children. So they, I have those policies, but they're, they're kind of like, we already knew that coming in. Um, yeah. Nice. <clears throat> it's nice to avoid that conversation. It can be a tricky one because people have some really um, strong boundaries around their comfort zones with weapon play and aggressive play, rough and tumble play. Uh, it can be a real trigger or hot button for a lot of adults. And I look at it as like with martial arts too. I mean, we have them do martial arts. Um, uh, I think for almost a year. Um, that is another form of protection that was important for us to incorporate into it too. Mm -hmm. If the children start doing martial arts with each other, now granted, that's another thing where we have to be like, okay, your teacher's not here, you know, padding, that sort of thing. But but still, that that is part of it. But again, I think culturally for us, it's like our children need to be able to protect themselves. We need to be able to protect our children. Um, so again, I, I, I understand it, but I think in some regard, there has, we have to take a look at, or I have to, I can't even say that we all do, but I have to consider if I'm telling my child, um, okay, no guns <laughs> whatsoever. We don't deal with guns mm -hmm. at all. Um, when in reality, I have one because of the fact that it's just me and my son at home when in reality, I have one because there, there's so many reasons as a woman, as a black woman, um, I have that. I, that's silly of me. Like what? What? I have one <laughs> in my house for my protection. Then what? I, I can't I, I wouldn't dismiss that because that's that's not my reality. My reality is that I live in the United States and it is a dangerous place in more ways than one for black people. And um, I, I'm emphasizing this because this is my story, FYI. So for mm -hmm. um, lots of people listening, you're gonna have your story, but this is my story, I'm personalizing it. 
Um, and I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective because I think um, I cannot speak for everybody, but hearing this perspective, I think it does, I'm hoping that it can possibly shed light on why some people might feel this way about it as opposed to this way. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it, it'd be silly for me to just tell my kid, no, there's, we don't do guns here. We do. Right. We do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, and that's it. Again, I, even, but those conversations also about the responsibility behind it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I've seen enough of um, Black children being murdered. I've seen enough of Black people in general being murdered, um, wrongfully murdered, that I, I'm not willing to take that risk. That's, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, that's a really great point that um, for, for some of us, guns are in our lives and for some of us, they're not. And that doesn't change, you know, there aren't kids playing with guns more because they saw one. And I mean, I don't know, I'm not making my point clearly right now, but yeah, they're, they're part of our lives. And so how do we communicate with it? Even, even if it makes us uncomfortable, right? Just like any other conversation we're having with our kids that makes us uncomfortable, they pick up on that and they dig into that and either feel that shame, right? So then they hide their weapon play or hide their aggressive play from us. And then we're not really there to help them work it out when it gets a little tricky. Cause it can, especially when you're playing with any kind of power dynamics, it can get a little tricky. Um, so we don't want them hiding it from us. And also by being open and honest about what makes it uncomfortable for us, we get right at the social issues around guns, right? It, it brings up the right. conversation that kids, kids are owed to have that part of the conversation too. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you do what most great educators do who allow play to, to let kids explore their curiosities where you're, you know, you're creating clear safety boundaries when they're playing with some sort of weapon at school or in your program, it's communicated in a calm manner. You're focusing more on the yes space. What can kids do? Um, and of course, just making sure that you're there to support when the conversations get confusing or muddled or when there needs more explanation or, you know, support, even just supporting the knowledge that they, that it gets, that guns hurt people in real life. Um, that's all part of the weapon play, right? It's not just like a free for all, let them have it and and never support the big concepts they're actually exploring through that play. For sure. And I think that that is the big part of it is the conversation. And I, I, I don't know what other people are doing at home. I don't know what other people are doing at schools in general, but the conversation part is long and it's constant and it's just par for the course. So this is, and this is not even just with the discussion of guns It's just in general, like you're, you're going to have to keep talking through almost everything that they do. That's a big part, especially, I'm, I don't even want to say just early childhood. Uh, it, it goes beyond that. Those conversations totally. are still, have to be had so creating these rules where it's just absolute don't do this and then just ending it there that's not enough you're still going to have to process things that are happening when you are feeling things um by the media 
you're going to have to talk to them about it, even if you don't want to necessarily go into it. But children pick up pick up on that. I just did a reading. Um, it's on my YouTube page, but I just did it on my Instagram um, reading from a book called The Breaking News. Um, and it's a children's book. I can't remember her name, um, Sarah something, but the book is, I think it's a great conversation starter because you never know exactly what happened on the news and the story, mm. but it's from the child's perspective of viewing the parents and seeing what's happening around them and then going to school and understanding that the teachers are kind of sad too. No one's really telling me what's going on, but something's just off children pick up on that too Mm -hmm. so if we're feeling all the feels with everything that we're watching and then we're turning around and saying no guns (laughs) and or no this or this and it's like okay well I don't really get why we can't I know that they hurt people but I'm not really gonna you know Mm -hmm. I'm not planning on really shooting them you're you're putting in these these restrictions or boundaries with no follow-up and again whichever way you choose is your choice I understand both sides of it I do Um, I'm not budging on mine um, because I have my reasons but um, I also understand why other people might not want to do that as well but the conversations you're gonna have to have them and I feel like that's the part where we need to emphasize where people are having conversations with young children having tough conversations so even if you don't want to get into it, are you communicating why you're feeling a certain way? Why are you irritable? Why are you feeling um, down and out or overwhelmed? Um, and in the story, it it ends up it ends up being really beautiful in that the the children are saying, you know, I can't help everything, and I don't know what's wrong, but I can look for the people that are helping. I can find my small way of helping. And then that kind of just grows and then things get back to normal. Um, We assume temporarily because then something else will happen. That's part of life. Um, But I I think we have to get used to just having conversations with children. And I would really like to, um, I would really like for more people to be asking questions about that in terms of how do I talk to my child about how I'm feeling about everything that's happening? Mm -hmm. How do I explain like, this is why I'm, I I just, I feel like that's, I feel like that's really important um, in, uh, in times like this. Cause I feel like that's the underlying issue. Um, I don't know what to make of, not me personally, but a lot of this, a lot of the uncertainty is because people don't know what to make of what's happening. They don't know what to do. And the easiest thing right now is to say for young children in the classrooms, no guns, right? <laughs> because guns. I can't control everything else that's happening. So here's what it is. When, like I said, I, I personally don't think that that's the source of it. Um, and I think we have a long history of this here. I think there's a lot of other things we got to, we got to address from my perspective. Definitely. Um, Well, one little tidbit to add to ease parents' minds who watch their children do aggressive play and worry. Um, Studies have shown research is affirming that um, those who have engaged 
with aggressive rough and tumble play and play fighting, um, it's been increasingly linked and consistently linked to um, increased social, oh, sorry, uh, increased social competency. So the more you get to explore and play with these power dynamics and play with these um, risky kind of play, um, the better off in the long run those children are as far as understanding social cues and social uh, competency needed to navigate their world. So there you go. There's a good reason. Um, the book that Ashley just mentioned is called The Breaking News, and it's by Sarah Lynn Rule. And it sounds like that's up on your YouTube, Ashley, and on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, my read aloud of it is up there. Um, but it's, I'm sure it's available for purchase, you know, on Amazon or anywhere else. But yes. Awesome. Well, there's so much more about this topic. Um, any final sh- thoughts to share, Candice or Ashley? No, thank you, Ashley. This is great. It was so great to hear your perspective on this. Yes, and we'll keep digging into this issue over time in the um, in our series on power play. I also found a lot of my resources for today's episode on playvolutionhq.com. Um, there's an entire link to power play resources. Uh, lots of articles, videos, podcast episodes. Check it out, playvolutionhq.com. And um, thanks again, Ashley, for joining us in this conversation. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. And again, I, all, regardless of your stance, just make sure you talk through whatever it is that you're going through with your children. That's the biggest thing for me. Yes. Thank you so much for that piece of advice. We take that to heart. Thank you. And another episode of Out of Line. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.